1: Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, June 16th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1 646 381 4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into the chat room that I have set up for tonight here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or ask me any questions you like. I want to say thanks to all of the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, you can just Google Stew the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows that I'm currently part of. Now, speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo! and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series. It's viral on the web. You can check it out. And it can be viewed on both YouTube, my website, which is www.stewthewineguru.com, or just about anywhere. If you Google Stu the Wine Guru, you'll be able to find where the videos are. At the moment, I have four videos uh, of which I'll be adding more into uh, the series coming from different regions of the world and the wines that they produce uh, upcoming will be probably be Chianti is the next one I think I'll be looking at. I'm also going to be doing on some Israeli wines, which is uh, very uh, unique in the sense that you don't really see much on them uh, on the web. And uh, and I'll also delve into other areas, Napa, uh, more in Australia, South Africa, and so forth. So look for those when you get online. Tonight is going to be a bit different I'll be changing the format because I have two very special guests on the show tonight. Yes, and I said two, which is a show first. I want to dedicate the full hour to them, so uh, that's how we're going to roll tonight, and uh, it's going to be very interesting, so stick around and bear with me. Uh, We're going to have two people that are going to be talking about their wines from different regions of the world, and uh, I want to make sure that each one of them gets a fair amount of time to talk, of course. They get a chance to answer your questions and your emails, so don't be shy. If you want to call in and talk with uh, the guests on the show tonight, you call in at 1-646-381-4860, or you can email me your questions, of course, at info at com. or as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have a great chat room that you can get involved with, Uh, Join the other enthusiasts, ask any questions you like. You can ask questions, of course, of the guests as well. So I encourage that, um, you know, and get a chance to do that.
0: In a world where there are many wine experts and know-it-alls, there's only one Stew the Wine Guru, and he'll be right back.
1: I have the pleasure of knowing two great wine producers from two totally different regions of the world. First is a winemaker and entrepreneur from Chile. His name is Hernan Ovalle of Vina Chinegay wines. He will be with us shortly. And from Canada, winemaker Dominic Rivard of Enoterra wines. He's a master at producing fantastic fruit and dessert wines, which is something that we haven't really discussed much on the show. And I felt it uh, definitely necessary to bring that into the the mix of things that we talk about. So uh, I encourage everyone to call in and talk with Dominic and Hernan. And the good thing about it is, again, um, Canada is a very big wine-producing region. Again, it's known for its ice wines, of course. People talk about that. But in addition to that, uh, they also have, uh, you, I've talked about their Pinot Noirs in uh, Okanagan, uh, which is a great wine region. But tonight I'm going to bring up something with Dominic that I think, again, uh, hasn't been talked about enough, and that is uh, fruit wines and dessert wines. So uh, you want to stick around and definitely li- listen in for that and call in. Of course, again, the number to call in is one six zero or you can email at info at stew the wine or again if you're shy and you want to just get into the chat room you can chat with everyone in the chat room ask their questions there talk amongst yourselves as they say about wine uh, and anything you want and then of course ask the questions of my guests um... I just have an announcement I want to get into so we'll we'll discuss that coming up and I'll get into that in a few moments.
0: If you want to sponsor Stu on KFNX 1100 Talk Radio, call Francis Battaglia at 1-602-277-1100. All right,
1: so first I wanted to talk about an announcement to make uh about an exciting turn of events. Thought about the idea of being on terrestrial radio and the benefits of you, the listener, being able to hear me on your car radio. Well, that will be happening soon. I will be on the same station in Arizona as Don Imus, uh, Lou Dobbs, Dr. Laura, and Neil Burtz. It is KFNX 1100 AM Talk Radio. And yes, Wine Talk will now be beamed into your car radio in addition to being on your computer. It's a great station and millions of listeners, so this is a great opportunity for me. So uh, I want you to stay tuned and tweet, Facebook, tumble, stumble, ning, jing. I I say I love those names of of the social media networks, the network mediums. Use every social networking medium you know and get the word out. Also, very important, I would like all business owners who would like to offer sponsorship of the show on KFNX 1100 AM Talk Radio to get in touch with Francis Battaglia at KFNX. The email address is F, like in Francis, Bataglia, B, as in boy, A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A, T, T, A, at 1100kfnx.com. That's kitten uh, Neil Xylophone.com. Or call him at 602-277-1100. I really appreciate all the support from my show. And KFNX is a great place for my show, and I look forward to Wine Talk being available now to so many more people.
0: If you want to sponsor Stu on KFNX 1100 Talk Radio, call Francis Battaglia at 1-602-277-1100.
1: Now remember, if you have any questions, I have answers. So... Call me at one 381 4860 or you can email me at info at com. I get a lot of questions, interestingly enough, uh, during the show. Something that I've noticed is I get a lot of questions uh, in addition to um, call-ins via email. I I literally get flooded. And and the cool thing is I really appreciate it. As I've mentioned before to everybody that has listened to the show and for people that are new to the show, is that if you're going to email me your question, what I ask you to do is as if you were calling in, let me know where you're from in the world. So your city and state or your city and country. And and then of course your question and, uh, and your name. So that would be really important Um, because it makes it easier. It also gives everyone an idea of uh, who's listening and from where they're listening from. It's very uh, very enlightening for my listeners. It's also interesting for me to be able to talk to people all over the world, and I appreciate that support, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time to email while you're listening. So uh, I wanted to make sure that everybody was aware of that. Okay, so let me make sure ahead of time here... um, that everyone listening knows Hernan and Dominic's websites and can go there for more information about both of them and their companies respectively to learn more about Hernan and Viña Chinigue wines go to www.chinigue.com that's C-H-I-N-I-G-U-E dot com it's going to be in Spanish so uh, for English you want to click on the appropriate flag icon. And to learn more about Dominic and Enoterra Wines, go to http www.oenowines.com. Okay, so without further ado or further wait, let's bring on my guests for the night, Hernan of Vinea Gay Wines and Dominic Rivard of Enoterra Wines. Bring them on here. One moment. Dominic or Hernan? Dominic this is or Dominic. Hernan?
0: Yeah, this we've is got Dominic.
1: Dominic. Okay, so we've got one down.
0: <laughs> yeah, Only
1: one more rush. to go.
2: Hernan should be coming very soon.
1: Okay, that's fine. So, you know, we'll talk with Dominic in the meantime until Hernan comes on. Well, welcome, first and foremost, Dominic, to the show. Um, I had mentioned earlier, if you hadn't heard yet, I don't know if you were listening, but uh, I gave everybody, of course, your website to -hmm. check out, you know, Terra Wines, and they can go there and learn more about you. I've got plenty of people in um, in our chat room here listening in. So that will be interesting, and I also have uh what else I've got a bunch of emails that should be coming through, so we'll take it as it comes here and great. yeah, so I wanted to i guess i will just start with you since to have you online, and when hernan comes on we'll we'll go from there and I'm keeping eye on the on the chat room so any questions that we get there, I will immediately let you know
2: what they're asking and what they want to know no, um, great. Well, it, anyway, it's really nice to you know for you to invite me to to call in and uh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about the uh you know, the, the next uh, hour or half hour or so. Uh, as long as you want to be on the show, <laughs> we, fair, enough, fair enough.
1: We have an hour time limit, but you know, if you want to talk as much as you want during that time, uh, I'm, that's, what, that's what this show is all about. <laughs>
2: well, sometimes, uh, sometimes us in the wine industry, uh, you know, we—it's uh, hard to shut us up, actually. <laughs> no, well, we you know what? About is wine, so. The beautiful so, part yeah. about
1: that is, is that this is uh, the forum for you. This is a great format <laughs> because mm-hmm. you can talk. I, I see. I think I have Hernan here, so I'm going to get Hernan back on with us. Hold on one second. Okay. Hernan, you there? yes, I'm here. Uh, welcome, Hernan. okay, so I, I was just explaining we got Dominic on the line. We have you on the line, both of you, and I was explaining that prior to you coming on, Hernan, I had uh, given everybody both your and her, um, Dominic's websites respectively, so they can go and uh, check out and get more information about you while they're listening in, which is something that they tend to do while we're while we 're talking during the show. Um, that also prompts People to uh, send emails or call in, and as I mentioned to uh, Dominic, uh, just to get you up to speed, we have a bunch of people in our chat room, which is nice. So I, I have mentioned to them uh, as to who's coming on tonight and what the, the and any questions that they have. Of course, they can ask, and uh, it should be fun. And you have the whole hour, so we're going to get down to it. Okay, so here's the, the logical questions, and and since the logistics of this will be a little interesting, as I mentioned, this is a first for my show, because I usually have a guest on at a time, but not a problem. Um, what we'll do is I'm just going to ask kind of questions of both of you, kind of back and forth. It kind of gives people an idea of, and I give, it gives you both a chance to, to kind of chime in, as opposed to one waiting for the next chance to talk. You follow? Yep, i okay. got. Great, great. Okay, so Hernan, I'll start with you. So... I, I wanna know as I've asked a lot of my, my guests that come on the show, so what got you into the wine business? What made you decide, you know what, um this is I you know I like wine but I, I wanna take it to the next step. And again, Dominic that question will be for you as well, so you both can answer at any time you'd like.
3: Okay. At least in my in 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 my case, first of all I, I would ask the excuses for my few English. Uh I'll try to do my best. Not a problem uh, at all. Okay, but but mainly in my case was the following. Uh, I came from a family farms uh, My family has been farmers for more than I don't know 200 years mm-hmm. in Chile. So I, I was just born in the farm, you know. Uh, so I have a very very straight relation with uh, with with farming. First of okay. all, uh, I I also work a lot in the in the fresh fruit business, and uh, love wines. Uh, so I, well it, it was opportunity I did, I did have some empty lands uh, in San Gregorio, so I planted my first vine time around 15 years ago and uh, built the winery around 10 years ago we uh, started with press production we start slowly uh, developing new products and but basically I think it's it's the love for the wine and and, and, and maybe love for the landing and 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 agriculture, and it's a family issue for many generations. Okay. And Dominic? Uh, Dominic is in the other line. He's going to answer you in a couple of minutes.
2: Actually, right now. So uh, myself, I got into the wine business, uh, like many people in the industry, a real passion. Uh, I started making wine... um, I started making wine basically as a teenager, uh, <laughs> you know, as a home, home uh, amateur winemaker. I was absolutely passionate about it. Uh, I was very popular around the block, uh, you know, with my friends uh, by being able to uh, provide them, uh, you know, uh, whatever I, I produced. And, uh, you know, it, it was nice to see a p- smile on people's faces. Uh, it was kind of an instant gratification thing. Anyway, I was always sure. passionate about it. I got into it. I studied oh. to be a sommelier. I'm a certified sommelier. I started that. Uh, Uh, in my early twenties I was able to get a certification for that and uh, then I got interested into the technical aspect of things so I studied uh, at Davis, UC Davis into uh, Enology uh, got that knowledge, got jobs in laboratories uh, and then eventually uh, as a winemaker in several wineries uh, I basically uh, early on I fell into the uh, the dessert wine and fruit wine uh, wine production very early on, and that, that's sort of been my my specialty ever since. I've been doing this for about 15 to 16 years. So yes. basically what I do is I do fruit wines, and I do ice wines, dessert wines, uh, as well as liqueurs. Um, and that happened quite early on in, in, in my career, and that, that's what I've perfected, and that's what I keep doing.
1: Excellent. And we're going to delve into that, too, in a, in a little bit. I want, I want my listeners, I had mentioned to my listeners a little bit about what you were doing prior to uh, you coming on, and, uh, it, you know, I haven't had uh, the opportunity to to discuss it much on the show. Ice wines, dessert wines, fruit wines. So this is really a great opportunity, and I I thank you about that in advance. Um, But I want to. I'll go back to Hernan here. Hernan, so what was it like starting your first vineyard? I mean, that that's something that I, I go back to because I ask many of my guests that, who you know have been in in the business for a while, and each one has a different a little bit of a different story and a different take on it um, in, in, you know, picking out the land and, and so forth. So I'm going to let you tell us what, what, what it, was it like
3: starting that first vineyard. Well, it, 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 my story, it, it's a little different than the normal one. Here I bought to help a friend. I bought a farm in, in Itata Valley that's pretty south from Santiago. It's around 240 miles south of where I live and where I do have the winery. And there was some raspberries plantation in that land. So I get suddenly with the first harvest of raspberries with almost 300 people just in the harvest and I get absolutely crazy. So I decided to take away all those raspberries. This was not for me. And so I decided what to do in that land. Uh, We were just in the border of the river. We have a very light uh, sand uh, we have almost stones at uh, 50 centimeters of deep. Right. Uh, we did have a climate with uh, we did have the irrigation. Uh, so I think, what can I do uh, in this land? So that's why, uh, well, I started with the grapes. I, I think in in the vine grapes I was always only always excited to get inside this business. And uh, well, we make first of all we plant one acre with all kinds of different varieties. Cabernet, Merlot, Malbec, uh, Shiraz, uh, uh, I don't know, Cabernet-Franc, uh, Goubert-Straminer, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, uh, all type of varieties. How far and back was this, Hernan? When, when did this actually start? That started around the year 93, something like, like 92, 93. Uh, we start with that. It was, it was an uncommon uh, place to plant vines, but, you know, uh, this was just a microclimate, just in the border with big difference of temperature between day and night, I thought that it was a, a, a good place for, for, for this vine grapes. So, uh, well, I take the risk and I planted this was one and a half hectares of these different varieties, and see how it looks after two or three years with their fresh production. Right. Uh, nobody trusts me in this, in this adventure. Everybody <coughs> say? hey, but this is the rain season. Here you, you, you can have rice in, in some other places. There are forests. Nobody has planted vines here from at least 100 kilometers around over there. But there was some experience of more or less 300 years of, uh, I would say, the native uh, uh, variety of, of grapes in Chile that's called uh, uva pais uh, uh, that was planted not so far away from where we are, most to the coast, mostly to the coast. But, you know, it, it was more or less in the same parallel. We're very close to parallel 40s. So it's pretty fast. Uh, everybody, well, we have the first production. I get very surprised about the quality. We talk over there, a lot of wine makers, everybody tried the grapes. And, uh, well, here we're, we have all kinds of opinions of different people about what to do, which are the varieties they, they think, and, well, I take my decision and I start slowly planting all that. We plant the first Cabernet, the first Malbec, and even many of those experts tell me, "Hey, I would never plant a grape here." I said, "Okay, I'll do just exactly the opposite of what they are thinking." It was just uh, you know something that I have a feeling that that was the place, and we could do something different. You know, right. make a good, make a good wine is not too difficult, but I think. Uh, provide a different wine and these grapes have different characteristics. The taste was completely different, the, the, the smooth of the skin was different, um, all the fruit was very intensive, much more elegant with mint notes, it was something completely different and what I've used to try in grapes before. Right. So I think it, it, it's an opportunity to do something completely different. Well, I have oh, an email question, you will. if you don't mind.
1: I'm going to ask of for, of you. Uh, actually, Hernan, that just came through. Uh, if, you, if you don't mind taking it, Hernan.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a question for you from Ivan Likes Wine in Istanbul, yeah. Turkey. And Great. he says, uh, Stu, love your show. Uh, my question is for Hernan. Um, how is Chile now after the earthquake for winemakers? Well, I just want to thank him first. Thank you. Uh, Ivan likes wine uh, from Istanbul for sending in your question for Hernan, and I'll let Hernan answer that. Hernan, how is the how is the winemaking uh, now that you know the
3: earthquake is has uh, has subsided in in Chile? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Ivan, for the question. Uh, my answer is well for the winemaking. I think it's not a big, it was a big problem because uh, we were just starting with the harvest of, of white wines. The, the, the earthquake was the 27th of February. Yeah. Uh, so we'll already start with white wines. Uh, was a very very intensive earthquake. Uh, I never have remind of something similar. There was a very big destruction in many wineries. Uh, tanks collapsed. Uh, tanks with 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 liters. They were almost with 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 the shake. They were destroying the base and and, and, uh, and was losing big amounts of wine. So uh, Chile lose around 200 to 250 million liters just with the earthquake. So right. that was a, a big issue. It was not only the earthquake, but there was no electricity for almost 30 days uh, or 20 days in some places. And other places, it was different in each, each area. And this earthquake was very strong in a very large uh, uh, ter- territory, you know, basically from Santiago up to, up to the south. So we're talking about uh, 500 kilometers in the length of Santiago. So mostly of the wineries, Get affected. So when right. you are in in in, in 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 the middle of 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 the harvest and the, and, and the winemaking, have no electricity, have no waters, uh, a lot of piping destroyed, uh, the lab or the labs all the glasses of the labs in in, in the floor, well, uh, replace all that very quickly uh, was the only possibility. Look for electricity generators to try to put all, all, all the machinery working again. So we lose some days in, 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 in all this period. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, okay, we should work and uh, we should survive. Everybody how, how we could, uh, but it was a very difficult, uh, I would say the winemaking because we didn't have a lot of elements. Though we were in the middle of the, of, of the harvest. So there was always, there was no time to fix or to replace or very few time for that there was not enough stainless steel available. The tank of stainless steel may delay 30 or 60 days. It was too late, you know, for this harvest. So right. it was complicated. It was complicated because it required a lot of adjustments. I'm talking in general in Chile. In our case, we were quite lucky. We're lucky because all our uh, tanks and all our uh, winery support very well the earthquake. And, uh, but, okay, while we didn't have... Uh, uh, Electricity for many days, so right. that complicated us. So we need to look at generator, and uh, well, go ahead, buy all the all the glasses for the labs, and sure, sure. And, or, and again, you know, uh, with all the comp- the roads were mostly destroyed, so it was very complicated to reach from the, from the fields up to the winery. Uh, our, our our winery is something strange, but we don't have the vineyards close to the winery. We have them very far away. So we yeah, need to move yeah. the grapes almost uh, 240 miles uh, from the from the fields from the vineyard fields up to the winery, and with well roads very destroyed. So this was very slowly during during night. Uh, transit time for the grapes increased. Sure. Well, all, all all the all the practical uh, issues, but
1: everybody suffered with this. Yeah, and, uh, and you know we heard we had heard that as well here. Um, I'm going to tell you that we have a a caller. If you guys want to take a call here, let's see where they're calling from and what their question is. So one second. Yes, caller, what is your name and where are you calling from?
2: Hey, Stu, it's Matt from New Jersey and soon to be Florida. How are you?
1: Uh, Very well, Matt. Good to hear from you.
2: Good to hear from you. And I'm listening to the show and having fun. Hernan, hi, it's Matthew Renkerman from LinkedIn. How are you, sir?
3: Hey, Five thanks. Nice to do, to talk with you. A uh, quick question for both your guests. I was reading about they were going to be out tonight. Who who is importing their wine to the U.S.? Well, uh, uh, I answer you quickly. We are doing the following. Uh, in the area of Illinois, we do have an import that's divine. Matt, I'll ask you to turn down your radio, if you will. Oh, sorry. Or the volume. No problem. Okay. Done. Yeah, we okay. do have we do have a, a, an import in, in 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 the area of Chicago. That's Divine. Okay. And we're, mm-hmm. Yes, and we're starting now in, in the area of Florida. That's that CFE Technologies. Okay, I'll important. look them up. Uh, <laughs> and Matt, okay, you cool. can explain. Obviously,
1: your your question uh, has a uh, has a good reason because I guess you'll be coming down here to Florida to set up shop. No. Yes, um, I'll be doing
0: that. Hopefully by late fall.
1: Okay, that's good. In, in the Orlando area. Excellent. So that will be. Uh, so we'll look to see if you can bring in some of Hernan's wines and Dominic's wines as well.
3: Yes, please,
2: especially nice dessert
1: wines. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you calling. Is there anything else that you. you wanted to ask either Hernan or Dominic? That was it. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt from New Jersey. Soon-to-be Florida, and uh, and we'll talk with you soon. Thanks, as always, for calling in.
0: No problem. So have a great night.
1: Everybody have a good night. You as well, Matt. Thank Take care. Bye. I have an email question that's just come through, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. This is for Dominic. It says, uh, it's hey, Matt, a rape well. ape in Saratoga, New York. I love these names of people. You couldn't even make these up. <laughs> Saratoga, New York. And he says... Um, uh, I'm, moving to, I'm moving to the Phoenix area and look forward to hearing you on KFNX. Thank you. Uh, it says, my question is for uh, Dominic. Dominic, uh, do you uh, find dessert wines to be more difficult to produce than regular wines? Uh,
2: very good question. It, uh, basically, any type of fruit wine, or any wine for that matter, is, can be equally as challenging uh, for their own reasons. Dessert wines, uh, there's, there's many ways of making dessert wines. Uh, it really depends on the end style of the end result that you want. For example, uh, you can make a cryo-extracted uh, dessert wines or, or ice wine-type fruit wines. That, that's that's very challenging and actually a very expensive uh, product uh, pro- uh, process. Um,
3: yeah.
2: and, and I guess you can cons- consider that a bit more difficult. You've got to really play around, uh, play around with acids uh, quite a bit more in order to, to get a a, a balanced in product. A normal off-dry type or dry uh, fruit wine uh, is made more or less a, like a standard grape wine, and you have less, less challenges perhaps than, than a dessert wine. But I think the, the biggest challenge in dessert wine making is to get that end balance, really balancing the acid versus the, uh, the, the sweetness uh, sweetness of the product. Uh, you need enough acid to be able to carry uh, that sweetness, or or you end up getting a, um, a clawing, uh, you know, oversweet uh, syrupy-type uh, product that uh, really no one can drink a lot of. Right. So, so you, you want to make sure that that dessert wine is, uh, uh, you know, you can have more than a, an ounce or two ounces of it. You'd li- like to be able to have a proper, uh, you know, a glass or two or, or maybe even three and enjoy it and sure. not, not end up, uh, you know, uh, a sickly feeling that in your stomach. So, so getting that balance is important.
1: And, and this brings me to another question. So, Dominic, um, you know, why did you choose, Dessert wines and fruit wines to make. I mean, you could have made many other things in in Canada. I take it that was the time
2: you were, li- you know, in Canada at the time, correct? Well, I actually still am. I just moved back to Canada after eight years in Asia. Uh, however, I make wine all over the world. I mean, uh, but when you originally,
1: like, I'm saying when you first started making wine. You, know, you were saying I earlier started,
2: on. Yeah, I, st- I first started making wines. Uh, it was fruit wines. It was dessert wines. I, were I you in Canada that. at the time? I was in British Columbia, in Western Canada.
1: Okay, so you were in Canada. So that's what i was saying. So there were, there were, I guess the thought is, okay, uh, the cold weather would uh, support that, or um,
2: you oh, know, you're, yes,
1: right. So yeah. is, was that the, the main motivating factor to say, okay, if I'm going to make wines, I, I might as well make this, or was did you have thoughts of making other wines and say, you know, try, but then say, okay, these I seem to make these better. What, what exactly? Why did you choose?
2: Dessert uh, why one, did I blue? choose? Uh, it's, it's also a very good question. Basically, if you look at uh, Canada on the world wine map, uh, really nobody really knows uh, Canadian wines aside from the dessert wines, that's what uh, outside of Canada I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Basically, the dry wines made in Canada are all consumed locally, more or less. Uh, none of them are exported, so Correct. nobody really knows uh, about the dry Canadian wines. Now, uh, I, I, I have been exporting a lot. So that's, uh, I export uh, most of my production primarily to Asia uh, the Asian palate uh, is, a, is, a, is a bit more of a sweet. Uh, you know, they, they prefer sweeter wines. They have a sweet palate. Therefore, uh, the demand for, for what I produced was, was sweeter wines to, to, to be able to, to meet the demand in Asia. I so so I, that's okay. why that's why I fell into that, and that's why that's what I've made uh, the most of because of, uh, of my market. Okay. And
1: yeah, and I know you've written some books about your experiences.
2: You uh, that's right. Well, that? uh, I, I actually uh, I have a published book uh, on uh, on the subject of fruit winemaking as well as establishing uh, fruit wineries. Okay. Uh, and that's available on your
1: website i take it
2: it's yeah well it's uh, actually the best place to get it is uh, wwwfruitwineguide.com okay. or uh, you know if anybody out there that really wants to know a bit more about fruit wines i also have a fruit wine blog at uh, wineplanet.ca um, that's a real uh, take a good that down of everyone info. listening because uh it's it's good stuff and you're and yeah, you're learning uh, from someone that that is very knowledgeable
1: i didn't mean to interrupt I, I've,
2: right? o- over over the you know over the years basically i've have sort of developed uh, uh, into, uh, I'm sort of the authority uh, I guess you could say on, on the subject of fruit wines and dessert wines and that's be- just because that's what I make that's what sort of differentiates me from from the thousands of other winemakers who, who make excellent products of course but I've just differentiated myself as making uh, dessert wines fruit wines something a uh, little bit sweet not sickly sweet because there's a lot of bad uh, sweet overly sweet fruit wines out right. there and I, I try not to to dwell into into that realm of, of the wine world. So I, I'm trying to raise the bar and make uh, a better quality fruit wines, and uh, so far, so good. Excellent. Now,
1: I have a question for Hernan myself. Hernan, why don't you explain, you do a, a process called cold maceration with okay. the wines, and maybe if you could give our listeners a little explanation on that and why you choose to work, to work with that
3: uh, when make, preparing your grapes and making wine. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's in, in our winery, we did have, first of all, uh, very close, maybe in, in, the, in the same place. Uh, we have a, 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 a cold storage facilities. We have a frozen plant uh, that today is part of the winery. So we did have, first of all, all the facilities, a uh, uh, cold storage, big cold storage, to reception uh, uh, the grapes. And uh, this was built for another purpose, but today is part of the winery. Um, this was an opportunity, uh, I've read a lot about this coal maceration, that is just instead of start crushing, you harvest the grape and instead of start crushing immediately, is we put all the grapes in this cold storage for four or five days at five degrees Celsius uh, under zero. Uh, I'm not the exact, uh, I don't know the exact uh, in Fahrenheit uh, conversion, but it's it's, it's not freeze, but it's just in the border because the grapes normally has 23, 24, 25 bricks. So sugar is never get freeze. Uh, so a, it certainly, it conserves a very good temperature. We discovered with this that uh, basically we have a very nice extraction of color and also extraction uh, of aroma, very intensive, intensive, and the fruit was absolutely marked and different than Start with a normal crushing with 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 a normal temperature grapes. So what we do is we store the wine, uh, uh, sorry, the grapes uh, if, during five days before be crushing. So once it's already crushed, the temperature inside the tanks is around zero degrees Celsius. So it's it's perfect. We left them there another two days more. Already crushed. And afterwards, we rise up the temperature, and well, we, we make the inoculation of the yeast and we start all the process of fermentation. But the extraction and the and the and the strongest of the, of the fruit flavors it was a big, big, big change uh, with a normal winemaking making or with a cold maceration. Right.
0: Okay.
1: No. And, that, and that, you see, that's important. I mean, I what I I try to do here in on the show is I like in giving specific and learning different things about the process of making wine. You know, it's one thing uh, when I have people on and guests on, they talk about the different aspects of tasting wine and discerning the different notes and the bouquet and so forth. But I I, want to give the end user, the enthusiast, take them into the process a little deeper so that they learn a little bit more. Uh, I learn... The, the listener learns, and it becomes a, you know, a great experience. And you take something a little bit more away knowing about the winemaker and the wine than you did before you ever even heard about the winemaker or the wine itself. So that's, that's kind of why I asked the questions. And the other thing was um, I know that you, if you want, I know that you, you handle a variety of different uh, varieties, of varietals, so Cabernet, Merlot, but you also blend wines. And I I want you to just, Hernan, if you would just tell them some of the blends that you have, the unique blends, which most winemakers from Chile uh, and South America don't necessarily blend together. So if you just touch upon that a little bit, I think my listeners would find that very interesting.
3: Okay. Uh, Generally here, all the wineries in Chile uh, try to have just monovarital wines, let's say 100% Cabernet, uh, maybe 100% Merlot, and other varieties. Uh, which is always not so so, so true. Uh, definitely, uh, to label to label a wine as Cabernet Sauvignon, you need to have at least 80% of Cabernet Sauvignon. So still, uh, you can a little bit uh, play with just 20%. That's right. Traditionally, the people try and the wineries try to have 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, that's that's one part of the, of, of of the way to look at business. Uh, we generally uh, try always to. Produce the best wine, improve our wines. If we feel that wine needs something else, we do it. And, but always respecting the legal part of the, the 80% of the variety. Now, uh, uh, with all this blending, we, we start developing new blends of wines, very, very uncommon. For example, we do have a nice uh, wine that's our uh, premium, an Econ wine. Uh, that's a very real uh, blend. That's, that's a 48% of Malbec a 32 of, uh, percent of Carmenere so we're having about 80 percent of the wine in those two varieties that's very uncommonly uh, blended and we add towards a 12 percent of Merlot and an 8 percent of Cabernet Franc well these are varieties that it's not quite common to blend but they're so flavored and, 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 and it's very intensive uh, the aromas of all these wines and the fruit of this wine that makes them something completely different normally right. In Chile, very, very slowly, have, they are blending Cabernet merlot Now, we have using Cabernet Franc for us is, is, is a great variety for blends. So we used to have different varieties with Cabernet Franc. We, we have also the Cabernet merlot but we have also the Malbec, Carmenere as such as, uh, that works pretty well as as blend. Plus all these blends that I'm talking to you like the premium uh, econ wine, and also we have. In in, uh, another lines of wine that's in our line Tarantay, we have blend one, blend two, and blend three. Those are three different blends of different wines. In the case of blend wine, we're mixing Cabernet Sauvignon, Mm -hmm. Merlot, and Shiraz. In blend two, we're we're blending uh, Cabernet Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, and Malbec. So that's the fourth variety. So we 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 play a little bit and all these blends change according to the harvest and according to the raw material we do have to blend. So always we make a selection of best barrels for these blendings and well, the rest is trying, you know, we go trying different perceptions and, and, and finally we say, well, this is a new blend, this is something different. We're always looking for something different. I think that yeah. people need to taste always something different, not just always the same wine. And, uh, and I think that's an opportunity to do different things. And we take it always. It's, it's refreshing to hear that. I, I want. That's why I
1: wanted to bring that out about what you do and the type of wines you make because typically, as you were saying before, uh, the blends tend to be Malbec and Cabernet, uh, and you know, and you know, you can find that literally everywhere. But it's nice to be able to to blend, you know, a Malbec and a Cabernet Franc. And, and make things a little different and give people something a little different and a little bit more unique. And I think that's what separates and distinguishes your wines uh, from everybody else, and, and we'll, we'll do so. Now, the other thing I was going to touch upon, and I think either one of you, if you'd like to, to chime in on this one, uh, you'll decide, is that you're both going to be collaborating together
2: and working together. Um, we're, we're actually uh, we're both here in, in Miami I, I flew here uh, yesterday for a couple a couple reasons uh, but uh, Hernan and I have been uh, co- cooperating for the last uh, several years on different things uh, one of them is, uh, is fruit wine production actually in South America and I think uh, at Chinigue uh, winery uh, I think they're the first uh, first winery that ever produces fruit wines in South America uh, we did this for one of my clients in, uh, in the Far East, in, in Korea. So we, we basically produced the uh, fruit wines in South America from South American fruit and shipped it out to, to, uh, to, to Asia. Uh, we're also looking at collaborating on another project which is uh, quite exciting. That's uh, the main reason why I'm in Miami. Uh, we're looking at uh, producing tropical fruit wines or fruit wines in Chile for uh, another client of mine, a good friend, for the Caribbean market and, and possibly also the Florida market, yes. um, and, and these would be wines also produced in, uh, at, uh, at, at Hernan's uh, winery uh, with, uh, with my assistance to make these wines, develop them according to what the market wants in the Caribbean uh, for, for that market, and that's really exciting what's happening, what will happen in that market.
1: That, that is something that um, I, I don't know if you're aware I mean there is a small I and I, forgive me because I don't I can't remember exactly the name of it uh, you may know it uh, Dominic but there's a uh, winery down here in the homestead of Perrine area of South Florida that does produce fruit wine at the moment and uh, that's right.
2: Uh, there's right there's a couple of them that's right okay
1: and and, and and again I don't remember the name but I mean uh, but it's it, it's just a very small winery, and it's a burgeoning market, and it's something that I know um, will take off because of the fact that, for a lot of different reasons, one, people want a different taste for the palate, two, they want something that, um, and I I would take it that the the process of making it tends to be a little bit more organic than it would be, not to say that you wouldn't use sulfides because you have to, it's, uh, you know, um, something that happens in the process anyway, but I would take it it would be a little bit more
2: biodynamic to make it anyway, am I correct? Uh, it would be a definitely, uh, you're, you definitely want to use uh, uh, as natural fruit as possible and, and try not to, to process yeah. it too much. You want to limit right. your processing so that the the real fresh fruit really comes out.
1: And that opens it up to uh, a lot of other wine enthusiasts who, let's just say, um, you know don't have that palate for, let's say, regular wine, for a lack of better expression, but are mm-hmm. looking for something that is maybe uh, along the lines of a little bit more exotic and a little bit more
2: uh, on the sweet end. So well, I what I I see it this way uh, uh Stu. basically uh you know you're sitting uh, for example uh, by the beach in uh in Trinidad uh, uh having some nice Caribbean f- cuisine and uh, you're sitting there and you know it, wait up there hold sense. on a second it, hold on I'm there. Yeah. okay i I'm back good okay basically you're sitting you're sitting uh, by the beach in Trinidad uh, having some nice uh um you know uh, uh, Caribbean cuisine and uh you know having having a, a super tannic... uh uh, Cabernet Sauvignon does not make sense. It really right. doesn't. What you you know to go with that cuisine and that ambiance, really, what you should be drinking is something uh, tropical that matches that cuisine and that ambiance. Maybe a really nice uh, passion fruit wine or something that'll actually match that food and that that ambiance. I think you'll you'll get a better experience. Also, for the the average tourist that that would go to some of these exotic places, what they want is a you know they can get their you know, their French uh, Bordeaux's back home and, uh, you know, their they're, they're Alsace uh, Gewurztraminer back home. So why, why, why drink the same thing? Why not try something that's a bit more authentic? Uh, Absolutely. That matches it? So, and so now when do you that,
1: that, expect production of this or when do you expect these to be available?
2: Well, well basically, we're discussing uh, production details now and uh, we're actually, uh, well, not me personally, but uh, the, uh, the, basically it's a, it's, a, it's a lady that a good friend of mine, her name is Celise Bell. She's, set, she's setting up this company. Uh, for distribution of, of these fruit wines in the, in the Caribbean, uh, actually many, many of the Caribbean countries. So right now we're, start, we're discussing production. Hopefully production will start uh, right away, and uh, there should definitely be wine available for, uh, for the, the, the main tourist season this coming Christmas. That's fantastic.
1: And that's a good time, too, actually, to, yes, to bring wines out. So um, I guess you know, and the question goes to Hernan. Uh, so what, type, what types of wines attract you? What is it that you look for when you're looking to to you know to make wines, and what is it that you're looking for when you're looking to uh, blend?
3: Uh, first of all, uh, I need to know which is the raw material I got this season because every single harvest you have a different uh, wine produce. Uh, here you're always, uh, this depends on the climate, depends on the rain, depends of many external factors. So you'll never have a harvest same as the, the, the year before. Right. So once we got already, uh, uh, the, I would say the first wine making process and, and we finished the malolactic uh, uh, fermentation, well, we start tasting wines and, and see what's, what's new this year. Uh, what can we do? If, always looking some uh, for new blends and for new things. and. and which is the best we can offer this year. And so may, many years, from one year to the other, we can change these blends. Uh, but basically, with what we have in hand, we, we, ha- we have in barrels already, when we're taking out the barrels, we make all the tastings, we make it all the classification of barrels during all the, all the aging process. Uh, we classify them in three sections, even in, it, in, in, in the same variety. So we use red point, green point, and yellow point but I'm tasting the barrels almost uh, each two weeks or three weeks, and, and, and the evolution of the wine inside the barrel can be drastically different, eh, even using the same raw material and the same new barrel from the same uh, barrel factory, for example, at Temtos, And so, but eh, that's how these are hand madely toasted. Eh, you definitely have some difference, an important difference between one and another. So. Eh, eh, you know how it starts uh, aging, but you never know how we will finish ending. So once it's finished, all the aging of the wines, what we really know what we do have and how we classify by variety uh, in these three colors. That doesn't mean that one is is best than the other. It's definitely, they are different. They have different properties. They have different flavors. They have different characteristics. And we solve these different things. Well, we start playing, you know, That's, that's, that's the issue.
1: Right. That's then. See, that's the the beauty of it is that you know I I say to my uh, <laughs> I say to my listeners and and to uh, and clients and customers and people that I've dealt with uh, over the years. You know the beauty of wine is that you can and I've said this to you before. You can never try or never taste the same two wines. Uh, your whole life. You can you can go your whole life and never taste the same two wines, and the journey of trying different wines is what it's all about. I mean, uh, that's that's what's what really incredible about. I get emails all the time, uh, people have, who tell me, you know, um, apropos to what you just mentioned about you know it being different from vintage to vintage, from year to year, from harvest to harvest, and then I've got people that have said to me, you know, I, you had recommended a wine to me, for argument's sake, uh, the one I always like to recommend, which seems to be a, a very popular one, is franciscan and they make one called magnificat which is a blend um you may be familiar with it but it's it's a really nice california napa valley blend and uh i've had people who have tried it and had let's say a 2005 which was a great vintage and then had tried a 2003 and said to me you know what i don't see the you know what's so fantastic about it and i say okay well you tried a 2003 try 2005 and then they do so, and then they see it, so you know there's that point of you know each time that you're making it each time that you're blending it, it's completely different, and you know we've discussed that you could try it, it depends on the ambiance, it depends on the people you're with, it depends on the food you're pairing it with. everything counts you know um so it's that's the the wonderful aspect of of enjoying wine and experiencing it, and uh I think it's what keeps people making it uh, and what keeps people drinking it <laughs> in the world. Um, I'm just looking here to see uh, some people in the chat room. Uh, yeah, and, and they're mentioning <laughs> one of them, Felix, who listens to the show and is in the chat room all the time, has, has said that he's going to try, has to try that blend. Uh, he actually, at the moment, is listening with friends. He's eating and he's having some Cabernet at the same time. While he's listening to us, and I, had, I told him that that's excellent, and that he should enjoy both the food, the Cabernet, and the show all at once.
2: <laughs> so a full, a full sensor experience. I there you that. go. <laughs> you
1: you could you could not have said it better there, Dominic. Absolutely. You know, that's the, again, I go back to the beauty of it. You know, it's all a matter of where you are and what you're doing at the time. So I, I asked this of both you, both Dominic and and Hernan. Um, I, I've had guests on, and each one of them has a different cause, in, a different, in addition to their making wine and all that. Are, are there causes, uh, charities, associations, anything that you want to mention that you think, you know, because I'm always about that. I'm about, you know, it's not just about the wine, it's about other things that you do uh, outside of that and how you, uh, you know, give and I, I you know I'll make sure that I get that up on the site if there's any anything that you you know you want people to know uh, charities that you're involved with, organizations that you're involved with, um, causes that you feel passionate about as passionate as you do about wine, by all means, please you know you know talk about it on here because you know people are listening and uh, you know there's always that interest in what the winemaker does and how he feels about things outside of their their wine producing so Dominic Andor Hernan. If you want to jump in on that and and let everybody know, by all means. Okay,
3: I think first of all, <laughs> to uh, everybody the charity the charity things that do I try to to maintain them as a secret. You know that, that that's something every it's something okay. between uh, everybody and the rest. Uh, but but I think people that make public all all his is charity uh, issues. Uh, I seek I, 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 I to believe that there's that, that some interest in, in, in mentioning all these things. I okay. think everybody, everybody can be grateful of the thing that they have, and they can practice the charity in, in their way.
2: Absolutely. Now, passion is another thing.
3: <laughs> We're going to jump to the other issue. The passion is another thing. In, in my case, uh, I have a second passion, uh, more than the, always. And, some, uh, and so big as the winemaking, that's the archeology uh, I've been involved in archaeology since the 14 years old. Uh, I've been working in, 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 in ruins. I've been working in, in restoration in museums. I wrote a book also about archaeology. Uh, even our lines of wines, if you look at all the pictures and all the designs are all the Chilean, uh, Asian painters uh, in all the Tarantai line. Each variety has a different page, a, a, a different painter and uh, so that it's, 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 it's a, also it's a way to promote uh, your culture, your culture and your roots. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, I've been working in Chile since a long time. I make very, a lot of seminars of archaeology in the university. And, uh, well, uh, I've worked in Tiwanaku in Bolivia. I've worked in Guatemala in the, in the Maya ruins also for a month. Uh, so it's something uh, very, exciting, very exciting That's outstanding That is outstanding Hernan I, you know, uh, That's
1: what I say I always find it fascinating That um, you know, a lot of the guests that I have on the show When asked the question What else are you passionate about Because I find you know, some are passionate about art Some are passionate about music Some are passionate about you know, it's, you never, it's never the same And um, you know, I want people to know All the facets if possible, of the winemaker and the vineyard owner, and uh, uh, you know what they what they you know feel passionate about when they're not making wine. So that's great. I, I really. And if there's you know if there's anything that you want people to know, or is any other website you want them to go to, or anything that you feel is uh, you know that they could find out more about that, you know let let us know. And you can you know tell us that website. And Dominic as well. Is there anything that you, anything outside of wine that you're passionate about, or anything
2: that you want to let well, people I, know? Well, in terms of uh, in terms of charity and whatnot, I, I do I tend to agree with uh, with Renan. I, sure. I've had the uh, the privilege. Of of living in many, many parts of the world, uh, in many different types of societies, Uh, and I've witnessed, uh, along with um, my children, because they've always followed me, uh, followed uh, along with me, uh, absolute uh, wealth uh, as well as absolute abject poverty in different countries. Uh, So I was able to appreciate uh, how, you know, how the vast majority of, uh, you know, the earth lives, and and really see it firsthand. So, so anyway, I'm I'm perhaps, you know, in in more, I'm in a better position than most to be able to, to assist. Uh, Not through uh, an organization, but uh, you know, personally, uh, assist some people that I feel are are deserving of, uh, of of really uh, you know, a helping hand. Let's call it. Yeah. So so anyway, that's that's my part of the charity. uh, But I am uh, I am passionate right now about uh, sustainable uh, uh, living. I've uh, recently moved back to Canada. I've bought uh, a homestead. I'm planting fruits. I have chickens. I'm uh, I'm I'm growing as much fruit as I can. I'm also trying to. I'm also generating my own energy as much as I can. So anyway, I'm, I'm passionate about that now, and that's a real focus of mine these days. Anyway, Excellent. I think it's a, it's a fun thing to do as well. So,
1: and I was going to say, if there's any 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 sites, of course, uh, if you want to let uh, my listeners know that you recommend uh, to look at that ha- has to do with that in regards to that type of, and I if, if, am I wrong in calling it biodynamic farming or biodynamic
2: living? Yes, definitely, you could call it that or sustainable. Uh, uh, agriculture, sustainable uh, lifestyles. As much anyway, it's, it's hard to be 100% uh, self-sustainable, but uh, it's also it's a very good goal to have to try uh, step by step to to get to that stage. It's, it's good for the universe. Footprint. I mean, it's good for the, the world. It's also good for the individual.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, well, I just want to make sure we have a couple minutes remaining here, and I wanted if there's anything that anyone wanted to know. Um, I'm going to go and give those websites and everything else out again so everyone is aware of where they can find out more about both Dominic and uh, Hernan. So to learn more about Hernan and Viña Chinigue wines, go to www.chinigue.com. And for English, click on the appropriate flag icon, which will lead you to the English version of that to learn more about Dominic and Eno you know, Terra Wines. And, and before, I'm going to give that out, but I also know that, Dominic, you are, there are other sites that you uh, are part of, so if, there, if you want to give those out, you can do that as yeah, well.
2: The, the very best website, uh, sort of a, the, the best portal, let's call it, is wineplanet.ca. That's that's by far the best.
1: Okay, excellent. So wineplanet.ca, as well as www.enowines.com. Um, I want to thank both of you um very much for coming on the show uh, I appreciate it and uh, I hope I navigated both of your time uh, you know, to your to your uh your happiness and your, your to your the level that you feel good with um, I know it's not anything so um with that, I will say thank you for both and uh, I appreciate that and as always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at com and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archive wine talk shows. And as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. So drink up, good night, and good wine. And thank you, gentlemen.
3: Thank you. Thanks it was a pleasure. Stu, awesome. Good of you team.
0: If you want to sponsor Stu on KFNX, 1100 Talk Radio, call Francis Battaglia at 1-602-277-1100. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. I think you already knew that already, right? Yeah. Cheers. This is Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. You're listening to Wine Talk on blogtalkradio.com. Call Stu at 1-646-381-4860.